0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. And I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you doing today? Doing well, healthy and alive. That's good because I, I know we talked about the mask mandate down where you are, but that's good considering that, um, you know, you have to wear masks everywhere you go now. So have you actually seen people out in town doing this?
1: Yeah. So you're uh, I mean, if you want to go to a restaurant or something like you, you have to wear the mask, as you're going up, like the host or hostess will have a mask. And then when you're seated, you can take the mask off. But you have to wear it up to that point. It's quite silly.
0: The whole thing is silly. I mean, we've been talking about masks here for how long now and and the uselessness of them. I mean, it's uh-huh. been weeks, weeks we've been talking about this. Well, how months, technically, we've heard, well, they help, they don't help. Five months ago, all the people that are telling you now to wear them were singing a different tune saying, no, nah, you don't need them doesn't work Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden Mm -hmm. yes we got to have them let's start with this newsweek right they're referencing uh, a report that you kind of basically skimmed over there a little bit says wearing a face Mm -hmm. mask at home (laughs) so wearing them in your house now wearing a face mask at home could reduce your risk of transmission by up to 80 percent scientists say so we have to wear these things at home now now they're, they're tagging specifically the world health organization in this and china as well. Of course, we know exactly who they're involved with here. But the paper that was published in the journal BMJ Global Health found that this is what it is. However, the study did not detail the types of masks worn by participants. So what could it be? Could it be the paper ones? Could it be the N95s? Could it be the full-blown sealed respirator types? I mean, that kind of stuff.
1: Being as it's uh, a lot of them are Chinese, the researcher, I'm going to say it's probably the paper masks.
0: It says in the latest study led by Yu Wang from the Beijing Center for Disease Prevention and Control, because they're credible, uh, in China, researchers say COVID-19 has mostly spread within families... And those in close contact with the sick, accounting for 70% of cases in China. that That's odd. So are they saying that it's it's being spread the same way in the U.S.? I think they are, right? It's being spread within families. That's what they're saying. Has nothing to do yeah, with protests, yeah, of course. Has nothing yeah. to do with protests. No, 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 no. no. So, no those, and if you're a contact good. tracer, you yeah. can't ask. You, you can't ask if someone's been to a protest. You can't ask that because it's just not possible that that's right. spreading
1: that way. Just so we're clear. Right. It, it's The virus is uh, sentient and it knows that you're out there protesting something that the left considers good. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. so you're safe.
0: To explore whether wearing a mask at home could prevent its transmission, research invited all 181 people in the Chinese capital of Beijing who had tested positive for the coronavirus as of February 21st, 2020, to complete a questionnaire. They were asked about their hygiene habits and approach towards COVID-19, such as ventilating the home and cleaning Was it before or after they welded them into their houses? I'm just curious. Uh, That's a good Uh, question. Yeah. After various households were excluded or declined to participate, um, you don't decline in communist China, especially not in Beijing. 335 people from 124 families where at least one person had tested positive were featured in the analysis. So if you had 335 people in 124 families where one person at least tested positive, by even CDC standards and the way that they count in the United States, by that decree, everyone in the family has it, correct? That's why we're seeing these numbers.
1: Yes, as far as how the U.S. is counting now, yeah that, that that is exactly what it is. Anybody you come in contact with up to sixteen people, they're all listed as being positive now. Unbelievable, unbelievable.
0: So, uh, what else did this report have to say? Wouldn't you skim down over it? Was there anything of, of relevance in there? Because I don't I don't believe any of this stuff. I, I really don't because we see where it's coming from. We know where this agenda is being pushed from. I was telling you earlier, and I was just on the phone with somebody too. It, it, by the way, you guys are being told in the U.S. And like I said, I I can give a unique perspective in this aspect because I'm not in the United States and I can tell you that everyone that's hearing my voice within the United States right now, you're being fed a line of bull. Now, again, I'm not saying that this is fake. I'm not saying that it's fake. I'm not saying that this is not a real virus. I've never said that. None of us here have ever said that. It very much is one. However, the agenda that you're seeing played out is political, It is political. This is a political game. Their agenda at this moment is to continue the fear, the hysteria, the propaganda until November, possibly into January. That's their goal right now. They're trying to scare everybody into submission from going back to work to get the economy down to a level where people get frustrated and they drive Trump from office. That's their agenda right now. They have no other agenda. They have no other agenda. So they think by playing this and monopolizing your perception through the media, this is what they're going to accomplish. I was telling you earlier, and I just got off the phone with somebody over in the U.S., and they were shocked. And I think you were shocked a little bit, too, when I told you this professional sports where I am are back. They're back. So explain to me how that's happening here And you're being told in the U.S. that you can't go back to sports. You can't have any of this stuff. Uh, We can never return to normal. Uh, NBA players have to live in a bubble. The NFL doesn't know if they're going to have a season. Everyone's talking about playing college football in their own conferences, that that kind of stuff, which, like I said, you pull the sports aspect away from from people. They're possibly going to wake up to it. But I mean, who knows? But why is it that that the rest of the world seems to be back on track. And then the US, of course, this is being hammered over there. Now, we, like I said, we know the political agenda here. We know the political agenda. We know what the goal is here. And it's to carry on through the election.
1: Yeah. Th- that's why this is so terrible and so bad. Is it's in the US, it, it, exactly that. It's an election. It's not... Because we didn't follow social distancing, we didn't wear masks and blah, 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 whatever they're saying now. And it's not because we weren't wearing masks at home either. This is specifically because there's an election. That That's why they're playing this up. I mean, it feels like every election that we've gone through recently has been there's been something that's popped up and they've ran with something uh uh you know originally wasn't it bringing the troops home wasn't that one of the things that uh obama ran on it was such a travesty and all this stuff i don't i don't remember all of what he ran on other than hope and change just because i thought the guy was a liar and didn't really care but yeah but anyway it's just trumped up no pun intended
0: It is. And that's that's where it's at. So this mask thing at home, is it like I said, is there anything else in that report that stood out to you that you when you were skimming down
1: over it? Nothing really stood out. I mean, they're saying uh, it would reduce uh, if everybody in the household is wearing a mask when one of the one of the family members is infected, it would reduce uh, transmission rate by 79 percent. However, if they used uh, chlorine or ethanol based disinfectant in the household it would reduce it by 77% so really i mean w- when it comes to the household and somebody's sick what you typically do you know you you kind of quarantine that person you limit your contact to them right and that's kind of what families typically do is it not? Yeah, it is. It I mean, is. You know, you, typically you put
0: them upstairs downstairs. and everyone else stays down. You take them their meals, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yes. If it's really that bad, if it's really that bad, mm-hmm. then yes. But if someone's got, say, just like a cold or, you know, sinus infection or whatever, yeah, it's, it, you know, you deal with it because we have remedies for that. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yes. Wearing a mask in your house. I mean, there are those types, right? There are those people that w- that probably already do that, right? There's already those people, and you see them out in public. They're the ones that yell at you if you don't have a mask on, they're the ones that get out of their cars with the windows up and they're the only one in the car and they're wearing a mask being the only one in the car. There are those types. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I can very much see these people uh, wearing that stuff around it in their own houses. It's it's quite sad, to be fair. Now that you have that, they're talking about now whether or not schools are even going to reopen because we're coming up on a school year. Right. I mean, schools will start opening in the U.S. or supposed to start opening here in just a few weeks in the U.S., but they're talking about Yeah, in a month. They're talking about contradictory school reopening plans leave teachers and parents kind of in the dark. I mean, they don't they don't really know what's going to happen because you've got a, a political fight. Now it's being taken to the schools that want to reopen. Trump is saying that he wants all schools to reopen. Uh, he's demanding that. Uh, he, he put I guess he put it out in a tweet in all caps, demanding schools reopen in the fall. Iowa and some other school districts across the country over there. I've talked to some people that I know that have uh, that have kids and they say that they're looking at online stuff. And Iowa school district shifted its summer school to online learning only. After two days of in-person learning, This is, uh, yes, I believe this is in Iowa. School officials had sent home eight of the 60 kids in the program because they had a temperature of 104, 100.4 degrees or higher in Fahrenheit. The same week, two states with surging numbers of COVID-19 infections for in-person instruction every day, while a school district in another state with spiking numbers declared its 86,000 students would start the year learning at home. What are you supposed to do with parents that have to go back to work? They can't do this like th- summer breaks and things. I mean, you kind of deal with that because you have kids that don't have anywhere to go, but come fall, winter, and you know what they're going to do with this come flu season. You know, they're going to they're, they're just going to absolutely hammer the, the living hell out of this thing. But yeah, this uh, this thing where we're going to keep schools closed. I mean, th- this is this is ludicrous. This is absolutely ludicrous. I don't see how they can continue to uh, to drive home this agenda other than stoking the fear. Now, there's got to be a way out of this fear, right? Fear is the perception that they're promoting across the country. Parents, students, teachers and anyone else seeking a little direction on the school's reopening plans for the fall were left spinning like a weather vane in a tempest. <coughs> most with most. Yeah, it's funny. And it? with most of the country schools slated to reopen over six weeks beginning in August, it's likely to get stormier before it gets calm. Now, Some teachers are saying that across different different states and things like that, one in particular in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, I kind of feel like a pawn in a political game. That's precisely what they are. That's precisely what they are. They are going to exploit this in every way they can, in every way that they can. He says it's surreal and it's scary. It's surreal because we all know what the right thing is. We all know that when a pandemic is raging, we should not be in school. We should not be having in-person learning. It's surreal that they want us to go to school, and that makes it scary. So, okay you buy into the fear, you get into the hysteria, you believe that you're one of these people that has to wear a mask in your house, this type, then of course you're going to be that. What have we seen in all this, in, in everything? If you even take the early on numbers, what have we seen? We've seen that the number of cases in children are extraordinarily low, very low, in fact. And so now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, we're requiring that kids wear masks and, and they have to do this in their schools. And now schools have to turn around and conform to all this, this social distancing stuff. Do, do people not grasp the gravity of what's being done here? Do, do they really not see this? I, I, I almost find it surreal that anyone's actually buying into the fear of it. I, I find it surreal that you have people that are to the level of conformity that they're at, as opposed to making a stand and saying, Um, this is ridiculous. Where's the one voice? There's got to be one voice out there somewhere, somewhere in in the, the center of learning over there. There's got to be one voice somewhere that's saying, hey, this is all nonsense. All these numbers that they've cooked up, this is how they're doing it. All these numbers that they're talking about with with cases and children. Here's the people that were talking five months ago about how much nonsense mask wearing was. And then now all of a sudden we have to wear them. Five months into a pandemic, you're mandating masks. Horses out the barn door a little bit on that one, isn't it? So I find it surreal that this person right here, this this teacher is actually to the level he's at by buying into the fear and the hysteria of it all. What do you think?
1: So let's keep in mind of all this, right, these The spike that we've seen initially, yeah. And and this huge, oh, we've gotta, you know, think of the curve and we gotta do all these things to lower the curve and blah blah blah. If it wasn't for New York in New Jersey, there wouldn't have been a spike in the US, it would have been a slow uptick. Okay, that aside, these schools should be reopened. Kids aren't the ones being infected by this stuff. I mean, when they get it, they have no symptoms. So yeah, we should be opening schools up. And the thing is, too, when they closed the universities, for example, the universities were like, we shouldn't have shut down because technically this is a quarantined area. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in many cases, it's safer for the kids to be there than at home. But the other thing is that we're running into, you have a lot of kids that are um, not able to, uh, I believe the numbers I was hearing was the attendance of school. So they did the online schooling and whatnot. 40% Yeah. 40% of the students weren't showing up for the online schooling. And the of reason not, they well, weren't showing up is, well, either they don't have internet or they have problems at home, right? I mean, child abuse mm-hmm. and that kind of, you know, domestic violence, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, right? Or they they just are truant are in general. But my point is, we have to get them back up and open again, because there are situations where kids aren't getting fed well at home, abusive family, whatever the case is, we need to get them back in school, back to learning. I mean...
0: It's also a social environment, a too. It's also a social. Exactly. Environment too. It's, it's part of exactly. building a social structure for for children. You have to be around other people. This this idea that we're separating ourselves from other people. Do you understand that you need to have interaction with people in order to to build your self-confidence and your self-esteem up? That You have to have that dialectic with someone. You have to have that interaction with people. And more than that, you also need to have that from a health standpoint. You have to interact with other people. We can't stay away from each other all the time and i i know i know where gp's at when when he talks about um you know uh, separating a lot of stuff which yes i can tend to agree with that when you're looking at what we were looking at in the initial stages as in we're looking at it as a new virus that's onto the population we don't know what it's going to do so naturally everyone in the medical establishment freaks as they should so they want to take all precautions that they can. Well, you can do that for a while, yes, but we can't stay like that forever, as we've talked about many times on here, because if you don't have that interaction with someone after a certain period of time, then your immune system becomes naturally weaker.
1: But that brings up, you bring up another good point, though, is kids are still at the uh, forming their immune systems and whatnot, right? That That's kind of, we, we've kind of talked about it before. That's why toddlers and, and you know, lick kids the floor. Are, are, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, Put everything in their mouth they're getting well, exposed why, to
0: different uh you know bacteria and stuff and they're building exactly their exactly this is why they're more susceptible in the initial stages of their development at a younger age to hand foot mouth
1: right and same with the the kids in school right they're being around other kids that are not the most hygienic right but they're being exposed to these and building their immune system so it's just as important to build your immune system as it is to have the social interaction the you know intellectual stimulation and whatnot to learn how to think there's things in there you know that you get from schooling as much as I didn't like in schooling there is some things that schooling teaches you that you'll use in your everyday life so yeah we, we need to get back to it i'm concerned they're trying to dumb down the people even more right they've been doing that for a while to try to dumb us down but it's like a really blatant in your face dumbing down and it's just uh it kind of they fits back to. in with the stuff they, we we're talking about to. torture Yes, you know? they, they have to. They
0: have to keep yeah. that. You're, you're absolutely right. It's that aspect. It's it's that fact of you become reliant on the information that they feed you. It's not only that monopolization of perception, but it's that you become dependent on them. They are the torturer. They are the abuser. They are the authority. And so you're too stupid to understand in their eyes, in the establishment's eyes, the, the medical establishment, the... Um, the governmental bodies, you're too stupid to understand something. So they're going to teach you. They're going to educate you. They're going to tell you how things are because you can't figure it out. And this is the agenda we're seeing now already. But I think you're right. They want to go further with it and they want to do it at a rapid pace because they know that people are waking up rapidly. And they also know that they are on an equal timetable to get people dumbed down even further. So if they can hold them back by two, three, four, five years at those critical stages of development at an adolescent level, then they'll do it. Right. Some of these teachers are coming out and saying that, excuse me, the union teacher, excuse me, teachers union presidents, right? This one particularly, uh, president, uh, Cecily myart Cruz, right? She says it's time to take a stand against Trump's dangerous anti-science agenda that puts the lives of our members, our students and our families at risk. We all want to physically open schools and be back with our students, but lives hang in the balance. Safety has to be the priority. All right. So let's take a stand against Trump's dangerous anti-science agenda. The entire agenda that we're seeing now is anti-science. They beat you over the head. All day, every day, repeatedly with science-based, science-based, science-based. Right? That's what we hear. Correct. Mm-hmm. But look what they've done. Look at how they've doctored with all the results. Look at how they've changed everything. Look at how they're classifying the deaths. And you know, you notice you're not hearing too much about deaths now, which we'll talk about one case here in just a second. But you hear the one case about oh, the guy was fine. He he was okay, and all of a sudden he's just he's died. But you don't hear any of the underlying conditions. You don't hear anything, and they've reclassified all deaths. All deaths, all of them are COVID deaths. Same thing when it comes to contact tracing and counting. One person has a headache, 16 other people have a headache. This is how they're counting. So you want to talk about an anti-science agenda, then let's start there, okay? The anti-science agenda that I just stated, which is what's happening over there that everyone fails to mention for whatever reason. I don't quite understand, except for a few people out there. That right there puts the lives of your members, your students, and your families at risk by keeping the economy shut down and not allowing people to build, not allowing people to work, not allowing people to earn a living, not allowing children to go back to schools, not allowing people to be around each other. That is a more dangerous agenda. Not this,
1: You just care more about money than you do
0: people's lives. (laughs) Yes, I'm one of those evil capitalists. Yes, I know. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. no one is a more staunch advocate from the teachers unions than the Los Angeles teachers unions, right? They say that schools can't reopen unless charter schools, private schools, get shut down and the police get defunded. What's that got to do with public health? What does that have to do with public health? That sounds more like a demand from a Marxist agenda, don't you think? Isn't that where it's coming from? That
1: seems more like what it is. Doesn't it kind of help keep the kids safe by having law enforcement and uh, just just, you know, that's kind of why we had the law enforcement there at schools was for safety concerns like, I don't know, school shootings or something, you know. Mm. A major
0: teachers union is claiming that the reopening of schools in its district cannot occur without several substantial policy provisions in place has nothing to do with safety, I might add. Uh, well, I think a couple of them might. A moratorium on charter schools and the defunding of local police. A, a teacher's union saying that they won't go back to work until those demands are met. So you're going, to, you're going to offer up the education of children as collateral to get the demands met on this? So you're going to force the public into capitulation? How sick is that? How sick is that? United Teachers Los Angeles, a 35,000-strong union in the Los Angeles Unified School District, made those demands in a policy paper it released this week. The organization called on local authorities to keep school campuses closed when the semester begins on August 18th. The union outlined numerous major provisions it says will be necessary to reopen schools again, including sequestering students in small groups throughout the school day, providing students with masks and other forms of protective equipment, and redesigning the school layouts in order to facilitate so. Social distancing. Where does this stop? Where where does this stop? Do you think? Let me ask you this, Bruce. Do you think you have students, parents that are on board with this? Do, Do you think that that people would actually capitulate to these demands? Now we're talking there in that statement about protecting students. Right. And in the matters of public health, that's all that's all that is that it is when it comes to uh, to public health. But that's what's happening. So do you think that students should be given that level of protection in schools? Do do we go that route with it? But more than that, even if you give them that, that's not enough, according to the teachers unions, correct?
1: Yeah, it's not enough. And unfortunately, we're we're talking about California here. And unfortunately, yeah, I, I can see parents jumping on board with this. I can see parents being for it, unfortunately.
0: Unbelievable. The union goes even further than those requests, right? See, it's not enough. Calling for local support in the form of defunding police departments and the shuttering of charter schools. See, they want to shut down the safety and the security infrastructure. They want to shut down charter schools, private schools, religious schools, right? Church schools. They, They want to shut all that stuff down. Christian schools. All that has to go away. All that has to go away under their system. It has to go away because you have a centralized indoctrination agenda. You cannot have any other forms of education other than the one that the state provides. And that's what the agenda is here. The document calls on authorities to shift the astronomical amount of money devoted to policing, to education and other essential needs, such as housing and public health. You know what? First of all, if you have education... Okay, if you have a good education standard, then yes, people behave to a point where you really don't have a crime problem. However, you cannot do this in reverse form. You have to solve the education problem before you can begin to dial back on the police. Instead, they're going whole hog with it. They're just saying, well, the problem is the police and not enough education, so we're just gonna defund the police. What kind of logical reasoning is that? It's none. It's none. You take care of the education problem. This is the same thing that Governor Gavin Newsom's doing with prisons and schools. Do you remember that? He cut all the money and, and <laughs> shut down prisons to dump it all into education. You cannot do that in reverse, it doesn't work. There's no reasonable argument you can make to that. None you have education, you're brought up in a sense of, and we talked about it when we talked about juvenile delinquency, you have a sense of reasonable education, you have the family infrastructure, you have the religious institution, whatever that, whatever that might be, whatever you believe in, whatever your family believes in. Those fundamental foundations, those underpinnings, that very fabric of our society has been under attack. It's been removed. That underlying sense of security that gives you a sense of higher purpose in life. That's been removed. So when you remove that, you skip ahead a couple of generations. What do you have? You have societal breakdown. And then the state comes in and offers a solution, which is precisely what they're doing here. You cannot defund policing and put it into education until you solve the education problem first. Then you can focus on policing. None of these people know how to build societies. None. They know how to wreck societies. That much is clear none of them know how to build anything. They haven't built anything. They've never built anything. These people that are in these public offices, these public positions, not even so much a, a, an elected one at that, they've never built a product or a service. Never. That's why they go into politics. Who really goes to university to come out to spend their entire life as a politician? Who really does that?
1: Bernie Sanders.
0: Bernie Sanders is what they call an academic bum. That, mm-hmm. That's what he is. He's literally, I mean, that, that's what he is. He went to college. He slept on people's couches. They threw him out of the hippie commune because he wouldn't do his work. And so what did he do? He went down to Nicaragua, got in support down there in the same movement that Bill de Blasio was in, the Sandinistas, came back to the United States and was advocating for democratic socialism, married his wife, Jane, his current wife, honeymooned in the Soviet Union, I might add. Who does that? Who does that? Who honeymoons in the Soviet Union? And then he he comes back to the United States, which, by the way, the first time he ran as a socialist in his district now, the first time he ran as a socialist, he lost badly, but he ran as an independent after that and he won and he's been at it ever since. So of course, now within the last few years, he's come out as a democratic socialist, right? Because now if he's, if he's done, what does it matter? So yes, Bernie Sanders has been someone that's lived off the system his entire life. This is why he advocates for government jobs. And this is why the people that are being brought up in the education systems are advocating for government jobs. This is why you always hear that coming from the Democrat Party. They're saying, oh, well, we're going to make sure that everyone gets jobs, but you have to go to college. See, you have to go through their indoctrination centers in order to be brought up in the the good woke crowd. You have to know what the agenda is so you can beat society over the head with it. Then you can get that good government job. And that's what's going to take care of you all your life. See, they don't know how to build something for themselves. They know how to take over the infrastructure of the state, centralize it, and then dictate policy and lifestyle down to you. That's all they know how to do. So anyway, I'm I'm rambling here. But yes, this is what the agenda is that's going to be going on in Los Angeles. Uh, What are your thoughts on this or any of what I just said?
1: Honestly, I don't know how much more. You're right. So I'm at a loss for words to add to that. We'll, We'll put it that way. You're right.
0: OK, let's cover this one thing. Uh, and you you looked at this, right? You, you looked at this uh, since we're talking about fire stuff. Man, I, I'm so sick of this. Are you, aren't you just tired of this? Or aren't you just tired of it? I know everybody's got to be tired of this. Yeah. And Ohio, man. 37 years old dies from the coronavirus after claiming the pandemic, which has killed more than 135,000 people. You see, they have to put that in there, was just hype in a Facebook post. Richard Rose, 37, died on July 4th, four days after testing positive for the coronavirus. U.S. Army veteran. He loved social media, paranormal, NASCAR and the NFL. Uh, He was fervent in support of Trump, writing, I'm glad to call him my president on April 28th in a Facebook post. Rose declared that he wasn't buying into the hype. That's the COVID hype, by the way. He also made it clear that he would not be wearing a mask as recommended. But on July 1st, Rose started feeling ill and wrote that he had COVID-19 symptoms. The same day, he announced positive test results and that he would be quarantining. And then he died from the virus a few days later. So what, what do you think? He was a U.S. Army veteran. He, he served uh, nine years. He did two tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he tested positive. So what, what, what do you think of this? Do you think this is legit or do you think that there's, a, un, there's an underlying health issue here? Because we don't know, unless you did a backstory on it. So we, we don't know. Everything yeah. we've seen has been mostly underlying conditions. But instead, this is what we're getting. We'll get the occasional article that's put out there saying, oh, here's here's a thirty here's a thirty-two-year-old, here's a twenty-five-year-old, here's a here's a 17-year-old, here's a 37-year-old, here's a 42-year-old that just died all of a sudden.
1: So there's a few things that I don't know. Uh the family says he had no underlying uh health con- or you know pre-existing health conditions. Uh however, he is a larger dude. I can't tell most of the pictures I've seen of him, he's been long sleeve, you know, so I can't tell if it's Maybe he's a bodybuilder and he's just, you know, big build, right? Because he's a bodybuilder. Or if he's fat, I, I can't tell, right? However, we also don't know what are things like his, does he smoke? Any kind of uh, cigarettes or, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. What, what does he smoke? Does he smoke? Does he drink? Any of these kind of things. So what is his everyday lifestyle? You know, it says no pre-existing health conditions. Yeah. Okay. So no medical conditions you have to take medication for, but- were you taking care of yourself at the same time? You know, were you overweight? Right. Were you? So we don't know all these things, unfortunately. So it could be the fact that, you know, maybe he is just one of the outliers that it is a risk. I mean, I, I hate Which to see that he died, right? It does happen.
0: I have I have yes. heard yeah. stories that are similar to this. I think there was a guy down in Hawaii. He was like 28 years old, healthy as a horse. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, he was he was just gone. Now, that can happen to anybody anytime, Right.
1: Yeah, it it would boil down to genetics and other things like uh, he may have had the genetic makeup or setup to, shall we say, uh, be most susceptible, more susceptible to the virus.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know, man. I I look at this guy and I think, man, he he looks like I'm just looking at the at the photos of him. He looks like he's out of shape. You know, he he looks like he's someone that wasn't taking care of himself. Uh, He's Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I'm taking away from it as yeah, far as like
1: I said, uh, he looks like a big dude, but I, I yeah. can't tell if it's like big dude as in overweight or big dude as in, you know, he, he's like a power lifter or something because they, they right. tend to look similar.
0: Right. Well, anyway, I don't know. That's just one of those things. So let, let's step back from this uh, from this virus. I'm, t- I'm so sick of this. I, I knew they were going to come back with it, but I, I'm just I'm so sick of it mm-hmm. because I'm seeing day to day. I'm seeing things play out as they should from where I am. And then I look at the U.S. and I'm thinking this is this is just off that this is off. None of that's making any sense. But there's a lot of things. I mean, it's a, it's a working thing. I mean, we, we talk on it every day, but nonetheless, let's uh, let's change up. Uh, let's talk about mm-hmm. let's talk about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. You know, the uh, the Epstein woman? Mm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're saying that she might be granted bail. Of around one million dollars. Do you think she should be given bail, or do you think they need to hold her? Because if she gets bail, passport or no
1: passport, she's getting out of the country. You know she is. She's a flight risk. Absolutely. I I don't think she's good. no. She shouldn't. She shouldn't be given bail. No. The the thing is, is she's a high profile. And a lot of the elites are scared. They are scared. But, yeah. Exactly. She let let's say she gets bail and oh, we found her in an apartment dead or something like that. You know, uh, and it looks like it was suicide. I mean, uh eh, just and then the other thing is that she's supposed to be on uh, suicide watch. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, no, in this in this case, in this scenario. No, I, I don't think she should be given bail.
0: They're saying that uh, former prosecutors are saying her release is not completely out of the cards. She's going to be arraigned tomorrow. So that would be today for those listening. The fact that Maxwell didn't flee the country after Epstein's suicide. Yeah, suicide. You're sure may save her from languishing in a federal jail cell, former federal prosecutor Jamie Nowaday told the uh, New York Post. I think this one is a close case. Epstein had no chance at all at bail. She's in a very different position. How is she in a different position? How? She was his fixer. How is she in a different position? What, because of the virus?
1: It, this That makes no sense. She's the one that was going out and abducting the kid, like getting the, exactly. the girls.
0: She was the fixer. She was the what? One. She was the one with the black book.
1: Yeah. So, no, you should absolutely be uh, uh, holding on to her and not allowing bail. The thing is, as well, she has information on this, right, that could tie a lot of our governments together in this ring, right? And then that, yep. that alone should be enough to be like, OK, no, you're not getting bail. We, we want to come down to, uh, unfortunately, the leaders are the ones that have the power and are going to try to uh, silence her.
0: Well, the prosecutors are arguing for uh, a remand, saying that she's an extreme flight risk, given her vast sums of money. Three passports. Technically, you're not supposed to have three passports. I don't know if anyone knows that you're not supposed to have. You're only supposed to have two. You can be dual citizens. You can't be more than that. If you have two passports, you can apply for a third one, but you have to surrender one of the existing two you have already. I don't think any country allows you to hold three passports. She has ties to European countries such as England and France. That's true. She has multiple... Uh, well, she, she's got... Now, here's the thing. She, she's she got connections to the UK. She's got connections to France. She's got connections to Italy and Belgium. That's what we know so far. Now, it could be more than that. But if she gets, if she gets bail, uh, she's gone. I can tell you that right now. She's yep. gone. Now, rather yep. she... Rather, she skips out and she stays alive. The elites will see to it that she doesn't stay alive very long. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. In normal circumstances, that may have been enough to keep her in jail. But the coronavirus outbreak has upended typical bail agreements. Yeah, yeah, see this? All This is a quote. All bail arguments look a little different now, given COVID. Why? Why? That's definitely in her favor. More and more, there's a push toward... Home confinement. Yeah, because she's going to follow that, especially holding people in pretrial when you still have the presumption of innocence. OK, uh, uh, I mean, OK, uh, look. Oh, hold on, hold on. We we have we have that. Yes, we, we have it. I, I know where you're at on it because I'm the same way. But technically, she is innocent until proven guilty. Technically, in the eyes of the law. Correct. That's what we believe in. We know she's guilty, <laughs> right? We, we know she's guilty. We know that. But technically, they have to prove guilt. This is why we have the trial, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the but uh, that doesn't I agree. Yeah, she she is innocent until proven guilty. However, you're you're she's an extreme flight risk. She moved 36 times, I believe it was during while she was in hiding. She moved yes. 36 times. Uh hello, she's a flight risk. I mean, she was actively trying to hide from the law. So, yeah, you you don't get bail. No.
0: There's another former prosecutor who worked in the uh uh, the Southern District of New York office, which is the prosecutor's office is going to be handling this. Uh, Jennifer Rogers, she disagrees. She says that Maxwell would most likely be remanded into custody, which she should be. I'm sorry. She should be. And protect her. She needs to be protected. She needs to be given U.S. Marshal and Secret Service protection immediately if she's not already. Yes. She has to be protected.
1: That's honestly my biggest concern in this is that not just that she's going to be a flight, right? That that is an actual concern. But under the, the overall concern is she's gonna fly she's gonna be flight, risk, and then they're gonna kill her. Right? It's already a risk as it stands, so she needs constant coverage, but uh, you know, and protection, there needs to constantly be someone watching her. I'm, I'm and they need to I'm be concerned trusted people. that. They need to be trusted people right. watching her. Right. And no guards going to sleep with the cameras off at the same, like none, right. none of that. And then the, video the tapes the, being destroyed. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. Right. She needs to be protected and we need to know what she knows. That is my concern. If she gets off and this whole Epstein thing is put to bed, put to rest, what are we going to do as, a, as the average person? How, like, how are we going to go after these people? You know?
0: Well, you're looking at a number one and a number two in in a major network. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a concern here. So, yes, I I see what you're talking about. I mean, there were more people involved here, not just her, but she is essentially now that Epstein's gone, she's the kingpin. She's the one you want. We have a real opportunity here to go after these people and to get some real, I mean, real justice, real justice, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. You you do this kind of stuff. You're the scum of the earth. You are the scum of the earth. Rogers, right? Uh, Jennifer Rogers, the, uh, the former prosecutor for the uh, South District of New York. She says Maxwell has wealth, multiple passports, strong connections outside the U.S. She does. And a strong incentive to flee given the serious penalties that she faces. The argument that she is a flight risk is strong. And that's true. That's true. You let her out. You let her out. She is gone. She is out of the country by five. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. She's Mm -hmm. not going to be hanging Mm -hmm. around.
1: The only thing I would counter that with is if she really believes that there is nowhere for her to turn and she's not going to be able to disappear, she's going to constantly have someone after her. She may not want bail. You know, she may want the protection. But if she believes that she can get get out and return to hiding and nobody find her, then, yeah, she'll be a flight risk.
0: Right. Now, here's an argument that that could make this irrelevant anyway. Right. So Maxwell's attorney argued in a memo last week that uh, she'll be released on $5 million bond if she agrees to turn over travel documents. So if she surrenders all of her passports, that's not going to matter. It doesn't matter to someone like this. It does not matter Mm -hmm. to someone like this. They argued, although even though she disappeared before, right after Epstein's suicide last year, she hid in the U.S. She didn't. I mean, she could have fled over here to Europe, but she didn't. She was keeping a low profile in the U.S., but Again, it might be the way you say, maybe she wants to cut the deal, do five, 10 years, whatever it is. So she's looking at 35 now. But if she rolls and we can get an actual prosecution, if we have an opportunity here to take down one of the largest sex slavery rings in the world. So if she can make the deal, if she can play ball, if she wants to to out these people and if she wants to turn over the documents, turn over when I say documents, I'm not talking about passports. I'm talking about black books, arrangements and, and all of that, which we've seen the Lolita Express flight manifest. Right. That's been made public. Mm-hmm. That's out there. Names that are on it, most notably Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks has been out there le- recently, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been he's been out there. His name's on there. Will Smith, his name's on there. He's been out there in the news too. You notice that? Yeah, just a just, a su- just a little, yeah. just a minor footnote. I mean, it's not important or anything. I don't think. But no, no. If she wants the deal, if she if she wants to talk, then we have to take this right. The the world needs to see these
1: people fall for what they've done. Yeah, that's the thing. Is uh, I I want this information out. Uh, supposedly they also have a bunch of videotapes and whatnot as well. Uh, Epstein claimed to have videoed everything on the island. So, you know, there there's that as well. So there should be kind of that evidence. And she claims to have that. So if she does, this would be it's needed. We have to out these people. We have to know who's doing it. Who's involved, who's not involved, because there is some people that is caught up in it saying they have no involvement at all and they have a legitimately good case and they're not known for any kind of shady business. And at the same time, there's other people that are involved that we full well know they've been, you know, have had some kind of scandal involved with them. Uh, Bill Clinton comes to mind right off the bat and he says, oh, no, he has no, you know, nothing, nothing happened there. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. So now... I, I, I don't want her running. I don't want her on bail. I want her protected. And hopefully she will play ball and um she'll release everything she has. And it needs to be released like it this isn't something that can be like they they go over this and the and and then the, the, the case is sealed. I, I'm sorry. This is one that you cannot seal. No because it's there's be on so TV. many
0: it's gotta be on it's gotta be yes. like the OJ trial. Has to be like the OJ trial. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Everybody has to see it. The the documents and everything have to be made public. Everything has to be made public. I'm sorry. You're not covering this up.
0: Televise it. Whatever happened to court TV? Televise that damn thing, right? People Mm -hmm. need to see this. The world needs to see this.
1: Yeah, because there's some of the um, royalty in the the UK could be, uh, you know, could be involved in this. And uh,
0: Prince Andrew, he had this he had this annual golf outing in Spain that he goes to every year. He goes to every year (laughs) and he just mysteriously. Cancelled. Just
1: out oh, of the blue. Yeah. Well, it's covid. See, he's 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 right, that age. group, right. So he's concerned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. OK. All right. He's doing yeah, his you're, part. You're,
0: abso- you're absolutely right. He's doing his part to keep others safe. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Now, he has offered his full cooperation. Right. He, he's offered his full cooperation to, to the FBI as long as he can cooperate from the U.K., Right, as long as he right. can cooperate with the right. UK, he he can't. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he can't go to the US. He he can't go to the US. It's it's just one of those things where you know if he if
1: he travels, you see he's got to go through quarantine. And it's just yeah, he, he just doesn't have time yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, he, he just yeah. doesn't have time well, to do and, that. And the US is is the worst right now with COVID because you know it is. doing all the it testing is. and stuff. So it is you can't and, you know you, you can't you go don't
0: yeah, and you don't want him taking that back to the mm-hmm. UK. You don't want that going back and, and infecting right, the right. royal families. I mean, it's just yeah. right. Right. You you just you have to take these things into consideration. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Anyway, so yes, she uh, she she better start. She better start singing like a canary. That's all I gotta say. She she better start singing. Um, I hope so. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's talk about the NFL. I don't want to talk about it, but let's do it anyway. All Mm -hmm, right. mm -hmm. We have we have a small incident here of I believe you could consider this cultural appropriation. Is that is that what it is? (laughs) I guess
1: you can call it that.
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay. Washington is now going to drop the Redskins name from their football team. Washington Redskins. So they've officially. As of today. Uh, Okay. As of today, there will be a name change Monday for Washington's NFL team per a sports business journal report. However, the mystery will remain as the new nickname will not be announced immediately because of trademark issues that are pending. Two people with knowledge of the team's plans told The Washington Post, yeah, because they got the exclusive, yeah, because so so many people care, Sunday evening that the preferred replacement is tied up in a trademark fight, which is why the team can't announce the new name Monday. The previous nickname, which has been considered racist and offensive for years, has it been? I, I haven't heard it up until now <laughs> like i just um, I just heard about it, like what two weeks ago?
1: Yeah, so I remember something happening back in the '90s. Uh, there was some you know big thing about the Redskins name being offensive and blah blah blah, so they they polled to see if Native Americans were offended by the the term redskins, and an overwhelming majority said no it's not it's not offensive. we're proud of this. And basically the emblem of the Redskins was designed by a Native American and it was of a Native American. That's that's an actual person that's designed off of. And the Native Americans largely are proud to have a team that's representing them, right? And it represents their their culture and everything. So when you're talking about the Redskins, right? It's a thing of pride for the Native Americans because, hey, we have somebody out there that's representing us you know and and right so now getting rid of it are they going to get rid of the emblem that's one of the things i'm yeah. going to be pissed about is the They'd emblem being done away with i guarantee and you watch you watch it while
0: well, the cleveland indians i think they've already changed the atlanta braves is under attack you i haven't heard yet but the kansas
1: city chiefs will probably be next probably yeah. Uh, you would have to if you're going to continue on this this line of social justice maybe, maybe yeah. that's what they need to call maybe that's what they need to call washington is so. a. Social justice warriors. The SJWs. The Washington SJWs.
0: Yeah. hmm mm-hmm. Woke Washingtons. I got it. Yeah. Woke yeah, Washingtons. Woke yeah. Washingtons, yeah. Well, see, yeah. no, Washington's racist, so we, we have
1: to change that, too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you can't do right, that. Right. Mm.
0: So anyway, yeah, no. uh, the team owner, Daniel Snyder, stubbornly had stuck to the belief that it was a badge of honor and and he would never change it. He stubbornly stuck to that, Bruce.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. The Redskins intended to announce Monday that the team will retire its nickname. Two sources said 11 days after naming rights sponsor FedEx's public statement asking for a change to the controversial moniker. The new nickname will not be announced immediately because trademark is But insiders were told today that the thorough review announced on July 3rd had concluded. The
1: team felt it was important to remove any doubts as to the future of the name, one source said. There was no thorough review. No, that was literally them saying there was no thorough review. They've done this before. They've done the polling before. They tried to do the polling again here recently and change the wording and everything. And that's still the most popular wordage that was used was they're proud of this name, Native American specifically. So they've tried for a long time to get rid of this. I haven't heard a single Native American. If
0: there was a group of them, I mean, they, they would get media time, right? If there was a group of, of Native American activists think, yeah. out there, you know that they would get media time. CNN would have two or three news trucks down there by noon if that was the case. So yeah, if they were out there, if they were Native American SJW groups out there, they would be given a voice on national television. They would be on the front page of newspapers, propaganda sheets all across the U.S., saying that they're offended by this. I haven't heard any of them say that, just as you put it. I haven't heard anyone say this. No group has come out that I have heard of. And we, we pay attention to this stuff. We, we look through this stuff. I haven't heard a single Native American group or an activist come out and say that they're offended by these names of sports teams.
1: Yeah. And the, the thing is, too, we have seen activists as far as uh, Native American community uh, yes. activists. Yes. Uh, like the, the drum, kids. Remember that? Yeah. yeah the, the drum, the drum guy. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it's not, it's not like there, there is an activist out there, but Correct. Uh, well, yeah, yeah no, I wasn't saying there wasn't any, but I'm just, I'm just saying it. No, they no. Were, n- wow. Right. I, that's not, that's not what I meant. I mean, not saying that you were saying that I, what I meant is uh, it just kind of ho- bring the point home. I got further you, okay. in that, yeah. that. Yeah. But the thing is, Uh, like I said, they've done tests on this before. They've tried to see if people would go along with changing the name. And the most recent poll, they they shifted the wording and everything. It was still 60% of them said it's not offensive. They were proud of it. And the way it was worded and everything, it was very deceptive, but nobody thought it was offensive. It it was something like 3% or something like that. So it's ridiculous. They're they're changing the name. And honestly, my opinion, you can thank FedEx for the name change. Okay, so FedEx is the franchise owner? I, I'm confused. They own the stadium they play at, I believe. Oh, I got you. and they were the ones okay. saying we want the name changed. And I think that's why they caved.
0: Uh, in a private letter, it says here. Yeah, it's it, yeah, you're right. It says the timeline announcing for a new name was unclear, but the sense of urgency inside the organization is clear. See, it's urgent. They've got to do it immediately. Mm. In a yes. private letter on the same day as its public statement, FedEx threatened to take the name off the team's Landover Stadium after the end of the season if the name was not changed. So yeah, yeah, you thank FedEx for that. Now listen to this one. Pepsi, right? Big BLM supporter. Bank of America. And Nike, later joined with their own public statements, and the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, what a disappointment he is, also said he was supportive of that review. A Redskins spokesperson did not immediately return a message seeking comment. You see the stances that these organizations are taking, right? You see the stances they're taking. And granted, granted, this is not something that's that's deeply rooted in, in American tradition and all that stuff, but American football is... I mean, you know, people look at it as as a uh, as a form of entertainment for themselves. But you know what? What do you think with all this stuff that's happening with, with all of this that's going on? And before covid, even even before all this pandemic, we saw the NFL numbers. They were tanking anyway. Right. They were down. Nobody cared anymore. Largely. Largely. The stadiums were empty. They were getting to the point where they were empty on Sundays. People were walking away from them anyway. With covid now with all these name changes, with the NFL saying that they're going to do um, two different national anthems now on Sunday before a game for the first week to see how it goes. And with the athletes getting on board, doing this bandwagon jump of of hating the country, do you think people are going to continue to watch it? Do you think it's it's got a future? Do you think it's just going
1: to go away? If they keep spitting in the face of Americans and the the... <sighs> You know, the, the people that like this, uh, the NFL watching sports, if they keep spitting in the face of them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they may. They're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, a large portion of the audience started leaving the NFL. Um, as you said, the numbers were down and everything because of the taking the knee and, the you know, all that nonsense. They were getting political. And then if you watched any of the sports channels, they were getting political. And the Trump bashing was uh, you know, rampant in the, uh, on those programs, uh, even more so now with the, cause they have no sports. So Look at you know, what are they going to talk about? Look at ESPN. Yeah. It's political. The whole thing's political. Right, right, exactly. And, and people are tired of that. They, they don't want to hear it. And, you know, there's a large portion of your audience, uh, that is Trump supporters. You know, half of America are Trump supporters or at least voted for Trump and you're spitting in their face. So, even even if it's like 40 percent of the voters, right, that's still a large swath of the population that you're alienating because of your your political nonsense. So they've said now that they're going to they're going to do the kneeling with the uh, with the other athletes and they're going to, you know, do the the second national anthem and all this stuff. Why are we segregating? Number one, why are we doing this tooth? You know, we're supposed to be a melting pot together in the, you know, as one nation, right? Many of us as one. Why are we doing this? And it just that this frustrates me if I was if I was into the football and watching it, which I'm occasionally I'm not watching it anymore. Screw you. You're you're not getting my my viewing, my the ad revenue I generate. No, not interested. Sorry. You guys have spit in the face of Americans and America in general. Enough. uh, And and I'm done.
0: I think just based on that, just based on the principle of what you just said, that's what's going to make people walk away even more so. Yeah. Even more so. Because... People don't want... Like, football, American football, for those that don't know, especially because I know we have international listeners. For those that don't know, American football, that's what people would do on Sundays. That was their break away from everything. That was their after church activity, right? And that's what it got yep. turned into. And that's what people would do with their families, their friends, whatever. Hey, you going to come over and watch the game? That's what would happen. And so I remember people when all this started, you know, a couple of years ago with the uh, the taking the knee and all that stuff. I remember when that happened. And people then were telling me how pissed off they were. People then were telling me how how mad they were because they're like, wait a minute, this is the only thing we've got to get away from all the nonsense we see Monday through Saturday. And now Mm -hmm. you're going to bring that into our family's living rooms? No, hell no. And they walked away then. They walked away then. Yeah. I see this shooting themselves in the foot. You're absolutely right. You're, You're absolutely right in that regard. So, and you know what? It's, um, it's time. I was telling somebody a couple of days ago, Somebody said something about the uh, the Yankees, the New York Yankees. I mean, like I said, been a big Yankee fan for twenty years. Right, played baseball mm-hmm, for fourteen mm-hmm. years of my life. You play the game that long, there's something in you that just sticks with you about the game. It's pure baseball. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, there's no politics. When I play, there was no, It was politics, yes, but it, it, and it got that way the further the further up you got. But it wasn't the politics of professional sports or anything like that. But you play it long enough and you, you get to develop a love of the game and you play it every day. You just can't let that go. So I became a fan of the game. I wasn't a bandwagon jumper by any stretch of the imagination when it came to the Yankees. I just, I like the way that uh, that they ran their organization. I like the way that Steinbrenner and, and the, the group up there did things and, and how they treated their fans. I, I liked it. You know, I thought, hey, it's this, you know, it's this great run organization, it's a group that cares about their fans and. Uh, and treats them with respect, win or lose. So I was that uh, I was that fan. I didn't care like if they won or lost or anything like that. I was just like, yeah, whatever. But I still enjoyed watching the game. I enjoyed watching the game. And this time this year before before the pandemic, Bruce, you remember I was actually uh, you and I were in a conference when I canceled it, my baseball subscription. I canceled it. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. I just don't care anymore because the country was going down the two. The West was under attack then. And I could see it then. And I said, I'm just I'm done. I don't have time for this anymore. I want to devote my time and my effort into what we're doing here because I want to wake up Western civilization one mind at a time. That's what I want to do. That's what Bruce wants to do. That's what GP wants to do. That's what Marty wants to do. We want to bring ideas to the forefront for people to have the civil discourse. That's very important right now more than ever. Not some game. That time's over. And that's exactly what I said to somebody a couple of days ago. I said, I don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore. I don't care if they come back and everything's back to the way it was without any of this nonsense going on. I don't care. That time is over for me, at least. That time's over. I got more important things to do, and that's to sit here every day and do the best I can with the rest of these guys here and presenting what we've got to you. So... For those who have not, I'm going to sound like a broken record up to this point. Please do give us a follow over on the platform of Parlor. Essentially, it's Twitter. But uh, if you hear me rambling about it, essentially, it's Twitter. Uh, but it's not Twitter. It's a much more friendly place, shall we say. Uh, and you you can f- express yourself freely on there within reason and not have to worry about getting banned or censored or anything like that. So uh, do give us a follow over there. We appreciate all your likes, your comments, your upvotes, your echoes. You can parlay to us. You can drop us comments and things of that nature. And, and we do answer. We appreciate all of you that do listen. And we hope that you tell friends and family about us. You can follow me over there. I'm at anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence, and together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.